this is Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a programme about globalisation and the effects it has had on Ireland and other countries around the world over the last 50 years or so. In each programme we interview a person from another country or with strong connections to another country to get their unique perspective on globalisation as it has affected them, the country they live in and its relationship to the wider world. There's a little bit of history, a dash of economics, a sprinkling of business and an overlay of personal experience both from me and from my interviewees from around the world. Today we're heading back across the Atlantic Ocean to the Americas, more precisely into the tropical regions of Central America, where a string of small countries occupy a long thin strip of land that connects the North American and South American continents. We're headed to Panama, a country that is geographically very strategically positioned, controlling as it does the Panama Canal that connects the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean. Panama is one of the most developed and fast-growing economies in the region and is a crucial transport and logistics hub on a global scale. Joining us from Panama will be Louis O'Connor, a South Dublin local, like myself, who's a businessman and investor. He's been living in Panama for many years with his Panamanian wife and family. Louis has a long history in business overseas, going back over 30 years, with stints in Germany, in the US, as well as Panama and here at home in Ireland. Currently, he's working on a number of exciting investment initiatives in precision agriculture related to the production of strawberries, aloe vera and other produce. So I'm delighted to have Louis join us on the line to talk about his experiences and reflections on doing business internationally and to get his perspective on the future opportunities and challenges that are visible from his point of view in Panama. Welcome, Louis, and thanks very much for being here with us today. Yes, hello, Patrick. Good good morning, uh, morning time here, so uh, happy to be here. Yeah, delighted to have you. Listen, you know, we hear about uh, Panama, but I think a lot of people here are probably slightly hazy on, on where exactly it is. Could you kind of just explain to us where, where in the world is Panama and what's it like in terms of its climate, economy, people, culture and so on? Okay, yeah, um, I was a bit fuzzy myself when I was first offered an opportunity to come here. I had an idea where, what direction it was, all right. But um, So, yeah, Panama's in Central America, and uh, it's an isthmus, uh, which is the country sort of runs east to west, and it's sort of quite thin. So mm-hmm. on, our, on, our, uh, on our right-hand side, we have Colombia, or, or on the eastern side, we, we border with Colombia, and on the west, we have uh, Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard of the Panama Canal. Um, so we have a, a, a tropical climate and also a, sort of a subtropical with some uh, uh, highland areas as well where it's cooler. Um, it'd be similar to Ireland, in fact. Uh, there's about a little over 4 million people. Uh, capital city, Panama City, has about a million um, you know, Spanish Latin culture, mm-hmm. uh, ag- agriculture, tourism, banking um, would be big sectors. Uh, it really is, as you sort of mentioned, because of the canal, a gateway to the Americas mm-hmm. and, and becoming more and more so. Even though we have the canal, we now have um, this year actually Panama enters the uh, air freight, air cargo business with a new, brand new terminal opening up. So We've, we've like six flights direct from China every week. We've okay. uh, flights from Istanbul, Dubai. So it's um, 
it's become you know it is it is the hub of the Americas, but it's becoming more and more so. Yeah, it's a global global logistics hub. I guess combining the um, the air freight with the sea freight, um, and, and I guess the the Pan American Highway must run through Panama as well, does it? Exactly. Yeah, it actually ends in Panama at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, you could drive from Panama to Alaska all the way up through Central America and Mexico. But uh, it doesn't connect with uh, South America. However, um, Panama broke ties with Taiwan, with Taiwan um, two years ago. I mean, you, you sort of you cannot have. I mean, you probably know that the protocols are you can have ties with um, Taiwan, but not with China at the same time. So they broke with Taiwan and opened um, diplomatic relations with China. And mm-hmm. the Chinese have already been here. Well, they're already here, but they did a feasibility study for a high-speed train which initially would run from Panama City to David, where I am now, close to Costa Rica. But their bigger sort of 20, 25-year plan is for that high-speed train to connect to Colombia and then um, further up, you know, through Costa Rica, probably up to Mexico. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen, but mm. it's what they're looking at. It's a now. difficult engineering challenge because that southern or that Colombian Panamanian border is there's impenetrable, what is it, mountains and forest and stuff there, isn't there? Yes, the uh, the Darien jungle is there, which mm. is uh, you know it's it'd be similar to the Amazon, and it, it, with modern technology, it's it's definitely doable and more doable than it was many years ago. But I have a bit of a feeling um, that you know the U, the, the U.S. and you know Panama's had a very close relationship with the U.S. because the U.S. built the canal here and they were here for the the first sort of 100 years of the country. Hmm. But um, I have a feeling they, the U.S. might have said, ah, let's not worry about connecting the rest of the They have enough traffic, as you can probably see from the news lately, they have enough traffic, uh, immigrants and stuff, refugees arriving at their border that um, if um, the rest of South America was, was connected that way. But anyway, the Chinese are here and the U.S. are being hmm. edged out, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long have you been there and, and what, what brought you there? I, I think this is your set. You, you lived there twice, I think, didn't, haven't you? So can you tell me the story of how, you, how long you've been there in the two different times and, and, and how you uh, came to be there in the first place? Sure, yeah. I first came in 1994. Uh, I came from, I had been in Germany for eight years. So I was, um, I, I left Dublin. I emigrated from Dublin in the about 83, 84, I uh, went to Germany and I was there for eight years and I was sort of promoted um, from a job in Germany to Panama. So um, I initially came and I did have a job. I was employed, although it was a US company. I was working in the, the canal zone at the time. There was still um, about uh, 15,000 US troops and uh, Panama Canal Zone employees. So um, the US turned the canal over to Panama December 31st, 99, and then sort of my initial sort of job uh, fizzled out. And then I uh, went back in Europe, to Europe for six years, had um, three years in Germany and three years in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And then I came back. My wife is from here, as you mentioned. My two kids are now born here. But we came back in 2005, and uh, obviously I knew the country better then, but I actually didn't have a job. It was going through a similar uh, growth spurt that we had in Ireland, um, uh, you know, ten or fifteen years before, mm-hmm. um, and and still is. We we did we haven't had any, you know. I came here two thousand and five. We haven't had any recession. Things you could say have 
they were booming, if you will, and they've, they're at a more realistic sort of a pace now. But uh, things have been very good economically the last uh, 10, 15 years and, and look set to be for the next, you know, five or 10 anyway. Yeah, okay, okay. And then your, your career to date, so you, you would have kind of started your working life uh, in the late 80s, I guess, mid to late 80s, um, uh, in sales initially, I think here at home. Can you tell us a little bit how that progressed from there in the 80s in, in Dublin to, to where you are now and what you're up to now? Sure. Well, um, I, didn't, I didn't work at home for very long. Um, and I did end up getting a very good job in Germany with a, a U.S. company who are uh, worldwide operation and still are today. And they, um, they sell U.S. At that time, they sold U.S.-made cars, Ford, Chrysler, GM, uh, anywhere where there was U.S. troops in the world. So it's a big organization. There's a lot of room for growth. So I started in sales and ended up then in sales management. And then I came to Panama as a sort of a country manager for Panama, Puerto Rico, and Cuba. Um, and then after that, I sort of, I've been sort of independent ever since, but that was the, that was where, uh, I did my, my basic sort of, uh, business learning and stuff. Mm-hmm. And since, since I came back in, in 2005, I've been independent and, uh, worked on different stuff, uh, real estate. I'm actually really now focused on sort of agriculture and real estate. Yeah. Um, yeah, we mentioned that, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about uh, that kind of agri-food sector and uh, where where that's going. So the, the international element of your work and your business started very early on, so almost from the, from the beginning. So you're talking more than 30 years uh, out and about in the, in the wider world with a stint or two at home from time to time. So... From your point of view in those different places where you've lived or where you've worked, so we've mentioned Germany, we've mentioned the US, we mentioned uh, Panama, what kind of challenges have you come across, say, culturally, linguistically, or even technically living and working abroad? Okay, I think, um, I think all in all, I mean, it's, it's been a very fantastic, but a very positive experience for me uh, in the sense as well, bearing in mind, I mean, when I left Ireland, you know, we really, you know, the internet hadn't arrived and, you know, there was no knowledge really of a global economy. But to go from Dublin and, and, and work for a U.S. company in Germany that, um, you know, put money and effort and resources mm. into training their people. Because we're, and talk, we're talking what, we're talking training. probably what, 1983, 84, it, something, something like that? Uh, late, late, later, from late, like I, I left in 84, but it was, didn't, you know, traveled around for a bit. It was about 86, 87, 88, where it started to sort of uh, take things a bit more serious and, and look for a way to really make some money and hmm. save some money by a property at home. So it was a big eye-opener um, coming from Dublin at that time and a great, um, you know, pleasant surprise to realize, wow, well, not only can I get a job here, I can learn skills. These guys have a different perspective. You know, so in a way, it was funny because although I was in Germany, I was getting sort of an American perspective on business yeah. and also seeing how the Germans did it. So it was, it was just a very fantastic, fantastic experience. And, you know, looking back now, I'd say any, you know, any um, 
time spent or any uh, education and, and as you I think I know you studied in Spain as well or worked in Spain yeah it's a it's a great chapter in your life it's a it's, it's a whole new individual independent chapter that uh you know you benefit for, from it for for all of your life I think even if you go back home or whatever you do later uh, it's a great experience yeah, and now, and the business initiatives you're involved in now, as so you alluded there to agriculture, tell us a little bit more about about those projects and initiatives that are ongoing at the moment. I think if something's not just in Panama, but also in Colombia and other other areas in the region. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose just before I say that, um, you know, uh, there's there's some Irish people here in Panama, and there's lots of Irish people now in Germany, but. I suppose it's all relates on, like, you know, for example, as many people arrive and they already have a job, which I did at the very, very beginning when I came to Panama. So that sort of helps a lot. You have somewhere to report or work on a Monday morning and people will have a, a path for you to follow, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other way. I mean, can you just arrive in a country and just start a business? So it's um, the whole international, I think you become internationalized in uh, a lot of it plays into how, how you're arriving? Do you have a job, or do you have some capital, or you know, do you have an, an, a fresh idea? But my, um, you know, experience in the last sort of ten, fourteen years is Panama's very unique in the sense the country's only one hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was part of Colombia, so they celebrate independence from Spain and they celebrate independence from Colombia. And during the first year of its inception, the U.S. had a canal running through the middle of it, which was really another country, its own entity as well. So in some ways, Panama is only 20, 25 years old. You know, they're only just um, uh, running the canal since, you know, 90, end of, well, 2000. So there's unique opportunities there, um, such as when the U.S. ran the canal, I mean, I have to say they left, um, they left a great gift to the country, this, you know, fantastic, you know, administration, um, prime real estate along the canal. So they, they gave him a great gift. But one thing the Panamanians probably didn't benefit from during that last 100 years was was uh, skills and training because they brought in all their own people. All the engineers, professionals were brought from the U.S. and the, the laborers were brought from to Trinidad, Tobago. So so Panama is like, it, it reminds me a bit of maybe how East Germany was when the wall came down and, and West Germany at the, in 89. There was a great celebration about wow, we're together again and 40 years apart. Mm. But what they realized very quickly was the East Germans were 40 years behind the West Germans and it took about 20, 25 years to reconcile that. So it's a similar thing here. So Panama's trying to catch up very quickly. So everything is being modernized. And um, we're, uh, like Panama's, it's in that tropical belt. So um, they should be producing a lot more um, they should be exporting a lot more produce than they are. And in fact, they're importing, which they shouldn't be doing. Um, and it's really because there's just been a lot of small farmers um, and they haven't been modernized. So so that's you know where we saw sort of an opening for us is mm-hmm. we, we went to Spain and Israel and Holland and looked at the, the most modern sort of a hydroponic systems. And we're, we're right in the middle of, of uh, building a tenth, uh, one hectare Mm. Uh, hydroponic greenhouse which um, by and the end of the year we should be producing strawberries and hydropo- but, hydroponic uh, means that, that, that the plants that they're, they're grown out of the soil and they are given precise um, 
doses of the nutrients in the water that they need. Is that, is that what that refers to? Exactly, yeah. Um, it's soilless agriculture. And I'd only heard of it about five years ago, and I thought, oh, this must be something from NASA, you know. But I didn't realize that the, the Israelis and the Spanish and the Dutch have been actually going hard at it for about 30, 40 years. So, mm-hmm. so they lead the way, and, um, you know, it's a controlled agricultural environment. So um, your, 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 you know, risks are, are, are much, much lower and production is much higher. I mean, we'll, the, the greenhouse that we have will have like 80,000 plants suspended from the roof and another 100,000 on trays. So yeah. you can grow, um, you know, eight to 10 times as much as you could normally grow in a hectare. So, so there's also sort of some, some, some grants and subsidies and, and help if you're going to do something that will modernize it. So, so we just saw, you know, this gap in, uh, in agriculture, but this, you know, we've housing shortage here and there's, um, there's a lack, like the Panama introduced a, a friendly nations visa program because they need skilled people. So if people come up from Colombia, Venezuela, Nicaragua, that might have skills they don't have here. So across the board, there's, there's, mm. although it's a small country, there's, there's opportunities. So the potential then for business or trade or investment between Ireland and Panama, so say Irish business people, uh, th- there's a big um, push now in Ireland to diversify, particularly with Brexit. So companies are looking for other countries um, to export to or to invest in. What, what, what opportunities would you see for Irish businesses looking to Latin America and maybe looking for a base? Is Panama perhaps one of the strong candidates? Yes, yes. I'd say it's probably the most, the strongest candidate. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there when you said Latin America. Um, just to add a little bit to that, Panama is the gateway to the Americas, so to North America and to South America. Uh, we have a big duty-free zone here in Cologne. It's the second largest duty-free zone in the world, and it's a sort of a, a, a distribution point for all of Latin America. Um, not so much North America in every aspect, but possibly for Irish exporters. It could be a sort of a gateway into North America as well. And, you know, that's the Chinese are sort of looking very hard at that here, too. I mean, they're, they're, um, they'll have, you know, like I said, with this new terminal, we have five flights a week. So mm-hmm. um, I, I would say, yeah, that Panama is a small country in itself, but it's, it's a gateway into, into the rest of the Americas. Yeah. Um, uh, for example, Mexico is Ireland's largest trading partner in. Latin America and Colombia and Peru are becoming important for Irish exporters as well. But Panama strikes me as a place where Irish businesses might find it more comfortable to set up their their headquarters because they have that kind of US legacy and I think there's a, there's a lot of bilingual people there maybe more so than in some of those other countries. Would that be would that be fair? Yes, yeah, 100% um there's a path to follow here. There's a proven legal system. It's, um, it's a very, very safe country. I mean, I'd feel safer here probably than I would in Dublin or maybe certain parts of Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very, very safe. Like I mean, yeah. um, and again, because of the canal and the internationalization of Panama City, most people that even fly down here 
from North America, for example, when they fly in and they see the city skyline around the city, they're like blown away. And it's like Miami or New York. They just don't, didn't know or weren't aware of mm-hmm. the country and the city in Panama in Central America that has progressed as much as it has. Yeah, and is, are there are there Irish uh, business networks of any sort there, or is there a, is there an expat community that, where, where you know you have contact with other Irish people, and maybe if people are looking for contacts or connections, that you know there can be some some somewhere to land, if you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yes and no. I mean, I, I mean, I lived in Germany and I visited expat communities all over the world, and there's always that. Um, uh, circle of, of of trust, if you will. You know, Irish people come in. They usually look for the Irish pub. Yeah. I don't know if they still do, but um, <laughs> but there's a. I would say, in the sense that there are Irish people here who will definitely, uh, you know, be available and, and welcoming and point people in the right direction. But it's a very very uh, small community. There's yeah. there's not more than ten or fifteen, twenty Irish people that I know here. Yeah. Um, but they'd all be, you know, always happy to help. Yeah. And, you know, we're a little bit um, further off, you know. I think a lot of Irish people get as far as America. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know how many get as far to Panama, you know. And which is which is our uh, embassy that looks after Panama? Is it the Mexico, the, our embassy in Mexico or our embassy in, I don't know if we have one in Colombia now, do we? Uh, Mexico. Mexico. Mexico is, is, yeah. Okay. And we have a, a consulate here. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, your, your best actually should be in direct with Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this this agri food sector in Panama, Costa Rica is is developing rapidly, and I think you, you mentioned as well that n- not just you in, involved in those projects per se, but you can also help people who wish to invest in those type of projects. Is that is that the case? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? At, at, at certain times, we do, yes. Um, with Panama's pro- close proximity to the U.S., we also, there's a lot of uh, interest from North America here. There's a lot of retirees, a lot of baby boomers are retiring here. Mm-hmm. As, as, you know, they're coming from, you know, the northwest or the northeast. It's, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's the same trip as going to Miami or maybe to, to California. So, but you've also a lot of, uh, North Americans now more look, you know, America's sort of really, to, to Americans, I gather, not what it used to be. And they're not, there's more people looking for diversification and looking to invest outside of America. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is just basic diversification. Anyway, if you're in the one currency or the one country, you know, if you have 10 different asset classes, you're not really diversified. So, um, so we've had a lot of, uh, uh, interest there. So there's, there's good opportunities to invest in maybe agriculture. I would say, obviously, very, very carefully. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, like the current project we're working on, we're, we're capitalizing it ourselves uh, at the very, very beginning. And once we're up and running and we've got production, we may invite investors in for a second greenhouse or a second phase. But that's the only way I would recommend do it. Obviously, um, there's a few sort of opportunities where, you know, they don't really have any any skin in the game yet, or mm-hmm. or, or anything any, anything like that. You know, so okay. you'd have to be extra extra careful, of course. But um, there 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 can and there are some some investment opportunities. Okay, it strikes me that Panama, a little bit like Ireland, has been one of the countries around the world that's been a big winner from 
globalization, from the globalization of business and the economy over the last 30, 40 years. Um, at the moment now, we're seeing in different parts of the world a kind of a bit of a kickback against globalization. You know, we have Brexit and we have protectionism in the US and we have rising nationalism across Europe and other places. What's, what's your own view on, on globalization, where, where, where it's going? Do you see it as a positive, a negative? Where, where, do, you think it's, where do you think it's at? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I've, I've thought about it. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, one of the reasons I'm here, I think, is um, to be a little bit away from all that nearly panama. Much, um, it, it's, it sort of harks back to, like, and in fact, a lot of the North Americans that come here, they like it here because it's, oh, it reminds me of the US in the 50s and the 60s, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the state, The state here is not, at the moment, anyway, not interested in sort of controlling its people. Mm-hmm. We don't have a welfare system. If you're not working, it's because you don't want to work. Um, so, I, I, in all honesty, I don't know the answer to that. And um, I don't know where it's all going to lead, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sort of, I suppose I'd say I don't really have an opinion on it. I'm just sort of keeping an eye on my, what I'm doing here and my, my side of the street, if you will. Um, and, uh, you know, good luck with all the rest of it. But you know, I can only do what I, I can only sort of take care of my own little sure. my family and my my patch here. And I like it here because there is no government sort of. It's very low taxes and and uh, they've no interest in controlling the people. If you want to open a business, you just go ahead and open a business. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then outside of work, what do you what do you get up to? What do you like to do? I mean, you're living in a tropical paradise. So, what kind of things do you do? We go to the beach a lot, obviously, uh, being Irish, you know, <laughs> sunshine is nice. So, factor 50, you know, huh? Every time, even factor 80, you know. <laughs> um, we've, like, we've a thousand miles of Pacific Ocean, we've 800 miles of Caribbean, we've mountains. Uh, I just, I mean, I have a young family, you know, um, my daughters are 13 and 18, and I think I'm, I'm in that spell where I've just been enjoying family life and watching them grow up and go horse riding and surfing and you know so yeah I just enjoy being with the family and nice balance of, of work and, and, and leisure here as well yeah and plans for the future then do you see yourself staying there long term do you see any changes on the on the horizon in terms of your you know your home and family life as opposed to the work uh, my wife um, lived in Dublin for three years as well and, and uh, I'd love to live back in Ireland at some point Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but uh, my ideal thing, and hopefully in the next sort of three to five to ten years, what I'd love to do is is spend maybe the summers at home and the winters here. You know, when yeah. when uh, our summer actually is your winter. So not that we have a winter, and mm-hmm. um, we have a rainy season and a dry season. Yeah. So um, I think I'd yeah I, I'd enjoy definitely you know a family and, and friends and stuff. And my kids, I want to, to see spend some time there. But I wouldn't, um, I would, I'm not sort of putting a, trying to put it, make it happen, if you will. It's just let's, you know, let's see what opportunities come along. And, and at the moment, I'd focus the next two to five years is, is agriculture. And if it's, uh, you know, successful enough, it might allow me to spend more time at home. But I think I'll always keep a base here. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's 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 unbelievable the way the time flies. We've been talking for well over twenty five minutes at this stage. So just to to finish, then, 
uh, let listeners know where can people find out more more about you, uh, about your business, about investment if they want to look you up. Um, you know, email, website, whatever. What, 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 where can they find you? Sure. I think the best way is um, my own personal information. Um, I guess, I, will I give you my email here yeah, on yeah. the air? Yeah, sure. It's uh, Louis O'Connor, so L-O-U-I-S-O-C-O-N-N-O-R, at protonmail.com. And any Irish people with any questions about Panama or, you know, Central America, even Colombia, uh, if they're looking to be, you know, a trusted sort of a contact, uh, I'll be happy to share, you know, trusted contacts I have. Um, my number here is uh, area code for Panama is 507. My cell number is 6747-8844. And uh, it's not likely to change. I think I've had that number for 10 years, so I'll probably have it for another 10. Okay, excellent. Uh, well, thank you very much, Louis. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure. And um, wish you the very, very best for the, for the future. Um, so that could, brings us to the end of the, the show for today. Um, anybody need to contact me on any issues that have uh, arisen here today, uh, you can contact me on pdaily at albalogistics.com or www.albalogistics.com. Thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye.